ladies. My name is Brittany King Brock, and you are tuning in to the Women Like Me podcast. Women Like Me is a wellness community for professional women in music, entertainment, and creative industries to learn more about the practices of wellness, self-care, and mindfulness. I wanted to create a community for women, all with shared experiences, to talk about how we juggle the various hats that we wear, both personally and professionally. As for me, I'm juggling several different things at a time. I'm a wife, new mom, music executive, and entrepreneur who knows firsthand how it feels to be burned out, overlooked, and overworked. My goal is to help women learn their power and live authentically as the best version of themselves. Today, I'm excited to chat with my dear friend, C.G. Townsend, who is a marketing and public relations executive and founder of Balance Not Busy and Recovering Busy Person. C.G. and I met in college and have continued to support one another as we've journeyed into womanhood as executives, wives, and two women who are passionate about walking in our purpose. Today, we'll talk about all the things that help us to stay sane and balanced along the way. C.G., welcome to the show. Thank you, Brittany. I'm so excited to be here. I'm going to try not to fangirl you, but I'm really, really stoked to be here. (laughs) I'm excited to to have this conversation. You are one of my closest friends that, you know, has really known that this has been on my heart for quite some time and you've been extremely supportive every step along the way. So I am looking forward to inviting our guests into just a sneak peek into our conversations that we have often as friends, um, as two women who really have been on a path of womanhood together. So I'm excited to chat. Yes, let's do it. So I want to start off with you just telling our guests a little bit more about yourself and specifically what made you want to create the Balance Not Busy community. Oh gosh, that is a loaded question. I could talk about that for hours, but for the sake of this conversation, I will trim it down a bit. Um, Like you mentioned, I'm a recovering busy person and I think that's the best place to start. I came out of the womb with a to-do list and I have been moving and shaking, hustling hard and just going at 100 miles per hour since then. And I had a light bulb moment, which just to be real, real here with your audience, Um, That light bulb moment was me being stressed, burnout, exhausted, frazzled, annoyed, and my hair was actually falling out. Um, It was on the bathroom floor. And it was at that point that I said, this is not the life that you were designed to live. You deserve so much more. The people around you deserve the best version of you. And I just wanted better. I wanted balance. And that's what really started this journey. I was using the hashtag balance not busy just as a personal documentation on social media about all my adventures. I've always been really active in the community. I've always prioritized wellness, uh, time management and productivity tools have always been my jam. So I just wanted to share with people, you know, and that was really all that I wanted to do. But as people started following the page, they had questions. Um, They wanted to know, well, how do you do it? What does your morning routine look like? How do you say no? How do you maintain your boundaries? And so as I got into really explaining both my why and my how, that's how you now have the balance not busy that we all know and love. Um, So here I am now as a public speaker, a workshop facilitator, 
educator, a podcast host, a guest on other people's podcasts like your own, and just spreading the word to the masses that you can embrace balance and stop the glorification of busyness. I love that. I love that. And I feel like you you touched on so many gems that I want to, you know, try to unpack as much as possible. I know that we could be on the phone literally for hours because yes. we have so many things <laughs> in common and we have been on the phone for hours before. Um, but one thing that I can relate to as far as kind of like what led you to the path of making the decision of, of, of some things have to change. It's like you kind of reached that breaking point and you explained how you were overworked, overworked overwhelmed and you know your hair was falling out what do you feel outside of the manifestations that were happening physically how did you unpack from a mental perspective to be able to shift into making the changes yeah you know I can remember the phone call like it was yesterday my grandmother who I love she is just the most amazing firecracker you will ever meet. And I want to be just like her when I grow up. She called me and I was so annoyed to receive her phone call. I just, I could feel the anxiety and I was like, oh my God, why are you bothering me? Don't you know how busy I am? And Mm -hmm. it was such an uncomfortable feeling because I was like, good grief. No, she doesn't know what's on your plate. She doesn't know what's on your to-do list. My goodness, she's your grandmother. And she's just literally calling you to check on you. And I think for me, that phone call, I just felt so uncomfortable. It was like, you just have this feeling like something's off, something's not right. And that's why a lot of times I talk about balance in the context of a mindset shift. And it's less about the things that are physically on your to-do list. It's less about the things that you're trying to do and accomplish, et cetera. And it's more about learning how to just be and be who you are um, and embrace those like mental components, you know, like the things that are swirling in your mind, getting those things under control. And I think that that phone call was extremely pivotal to my ability to get those things under control. Like I, I simply just made a decision like, sis, you are not going to be so full of things to do and have such an over-programmed schedule that you're not going to welcome the invitation of your grandmother calling you. Right. Right. I can totally relate to that. And I had similar experiences, um, you know, working in music and entertainment, which is such a 24-7 fast-paced industry where it's, you know, go, go, go. And especially in the beginning of my career, I felt like in order for me to advance, I I had to overwork everybody and I had Mm. to constantly be grinding and I had to be the person that was willing to stay up to 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. to get reports done. And in hindsight, you know, I understand that that did teach me a lot of lessons, but it also contributed to my anxiety. It contributed to the moments of depression. It contributed to overeating and not taking the best care of my body and myself because I literally was just trying to get through the day. And with that, you make a lot of impulse decisions that aren't necessarily the healthiest routes, right? Yes. Um, 
And I also had many moments of not being able to stay in touch with close family and friends because I was always working. When, mm-hmm. when, when friends would go out or have different activities, they, they stopped inviting me because they were like, she's always working and mm-hmm. she's not going to come anyway. And so I had to, you know, like you, get to a point where I reached my breaking point and was like, mm-hmm. OK, something has to change. And I think a lot of it does come with age and with wisdom, because when you are in your you know early 20s, one, you have a lot of more energy to give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know, uh, likely less responsibilities uh, where you can make certain sacrifices and it's not necessarily a good or bad, but I, I want to make it very clear with our audience the importance of the mindfulness behind it. And so I think mm-hmm. a lot of our community are people that work in creative industries, be it entrepreneurs, people in music, TV, film, fast-paced industries where oftentimes when you are at the beginning of your career, it's show and prove, right? Mm -hmm, Um, And so I think that it's important to set those boundaries or at least to be aware of them and acknowledge them to where if you are in your early years of your career, you say, okay, for the next two years, I'm really gonna zone out and here's the goal. And you know exactly what it is that you're working towards so that you're not just running yourself in circles for no reason. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that self-awareness is key. And you hit the mark when you brought up that that M word. It's my favorite, the mindfulness. And so much of my mindset, both shift and the ability to kind of stay in this moment and this ever going evolution of balance is because I meditate and I stay very present and I'm very honest with myself about bandwidth. I'm realistic with my expectations of myself and others. And so it really helps me give out those no's and prioritize my wellness and protect my peace. Like it just makes things so much more relevant and it gives me such a very clear perspective. I love that. While we're on the topic of saying no and the practice of prioritization, I would love for you to share more about your practice and how you got to the place of being comfortable enough to say no in different situations. And was that a process for you? Oh, yes. Um, I don't know anyone that's been able to get there overnight. And if there is someone out there, please email me, DM me. I want to know how you did it. Because uh, number one, the art of saying no, or even let's just call it the decline, is complicated. It's layered. It's messy. And it's it requires a lot of intention and care. And I'll first share with everyone that I am not necessarily a huge radical advocate for just say no. I think that there are times when you can say no, and I think there are times when you can say not right now. And those are two very different things. One thing I will say about saying no, that is a complete sentence. So if you are not interested, you are not willing, or you do not want to be bothered, that's when you're giving out your nose. And that's it. I mean, there's really nothing to think about there. Like, that's just, I'm not interested. No. (laughs) Like, the work is not necessarily just in the no, but it's getting to the point of knowing what you're not interested in doing. 
Mm -hmm. And not feeling like you have to explain yourself. Absolutely. We're so used to filling our plates with any and every old thing. And it's really difficult to know, well, what is my purpose? Who am I? What do I enjoy? Because we inherit other people's stuff. We think that we enjoy doing something because we saw somebody else on social media that enjoyed it. When in the reality, don't actually enjoy doing that. So you should get comfortable in knowing first, what do I even like to do? Who do I like to be around? Like the type of person, not the person, but like, you know that you don't enjoy negative people. So don't be around negative people. It doesn't matter if that person has been in your life for 15 years. You don't enjoy the environment, the vibe, the aura. So don't position yourself to be around it. So those are your hardcore no's, right? But then I think there are the not right now's. And a lot of times the not right now's play really well in the workplace. So for example, someone comes up to you and says, Brittany, you are a rock star. You are excelling in all areas. You're kicking booty, taking names. And I want you to be a part of this special project that I'm working on. Now, you very graciously accept all of those compliments. And you are just thinking to yourself, you're right. I am a rock star. I am a force to be reckoned with. I can do all things. And I know I have the skills, the experiences, and the abilities to be a part of this special projects team. But what I don't have right now is time. And if I sign on to be on this special project team, if I give you a yes, I have to say no to a whole lot of other areas of my life that mean a lot to me. And so what I want to give you is a not right now. Thank you. Thank you for considering me. Thank you for seeing my value and knowing my worth. I would love to participate. However, I actually have a really full plate doing X, Y, and Z. So at this time, I don't know that I can give you my best. And I only want to give you my best. I would love for you to consider me for the next special project. Wow. Yeah. And and, and so many people, it's it's a few things we can unpack from that. Um, And I can definitely relate to the uncomfort that comes with that um, sometimes because I recently had to pass speaking opportunities because one, I understand the time that has to go into it. And I know what my current plate and workload and personal life is filled with to where I knew that if I gave these people a yes, it would one, like you said, take away from the other priorities that I need to be saying yes to right now. But if I'm in, if I'm being fully transparent, I also question, well, are they going to invite me back next time or Mm -hmm. are they going to feel a certain type of way about me? And I think oftentimes that comes with like the mind playing tricks on us, right? This is the moment. And if it was presented to me, then I have to take it. And I am learning that that is absolutely not the case. And people respect honesty. They respect mm-hmm. transparency. And if I'm dope today, I'm going to be dope tomorrow. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> so and, I think, yeah. and so much of that has absolutely nothing to do with how do I say no, right? Like everything you just said is confidence. 
It's knowing who you are. It's knowing your abilities, your strengths, your experiences. I resolved a really long time ago that professionally, I am not going to live in any level of fear simply because I know that I have the will to work. I know I'm a hard worker. I know that I will get stuff done. And that is inherently who I am. There's nothing about any of the jobs that I've ever had that have been so just euphoric that I've worked harder at them. I work hard at everything that I do consistently. So I have so much confidence in myself that there will always be an opportunity. There will always be a door that will open. There will always. So I don't ever have to sacrifice time with my family. I don't ever have to sacrifice time with my friends. I don't ever have to sacrifice time with myself for work. Oh my God. You just said so many gems, CG, that I feel like, like seriously, like I'm sitting here and my mind is racing because it all boils down to confidence. It all boils down to you knowing that what's for you is for you and being so set in who you are, the value that you bring to the table that you know that anything that's for you is for you and it will circle back. There is so much power in learning how to say no. Mm -hmm. There's so much power in learning how to prioritize yourself because making peace with the decisions that you make when you make them. Absolutely. And, you know, this is the part that's going to make people feel real uncomfortable. So I'm sorry, y'all, in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Because people wear busyness as a badge of honor, they forget what the real badges of honor are. They forget that a confident person is actually the badge. They forget that showing up as your whole self and authentically being you despite your situation and actually saying no to people is the badge. But folks want to look at their calendar and say, well, it's full to the brim and it's because I'm a rock star at work and people ask me to do extra stuff or people in a community organization want me to be the president or this. It's all self-serving. It's It's all ego. Yeah, it's ego. Yeah, it's ego. Yeah, it's ego. Uh, This this thing won't be right unless I do it. It's ego and control oftentimes. Yeah. Get out of your own way and stop thinking that you are are the hottest thing out there since sliced bread and the only person that can do the things because what you're doing is you're running yourself into the ground by thinking that way and you're actually not serving anybody because something is not getting the best of you something is getting your scraps I mean, I cannot tell you how many times that I realized that. And I was like, it's because you're glorifying busyness. Your grandmother is getting your scraps. How terrible is that? Mm -hmm. When we think about it in that context, because people will spin everything. You know, they'll say, well, I give my family X, Y, and Z. So this is my time. This is my time to excel in my career. I get that, right? But are you really giving them what you think you're giving them while you're excelling in your career? Or are you showing up in the least way that you possibly could just to check that mark and say, I accomplished being a great wife today? But did you really, did you really pour yourself into what that relationship could have been if you would have found some good 
equilibrium and integration between what's happening in your workspace and what's happening in your life space. And don't get me wrong. I do not believe in work-life balance. I think it's unicorns and rainbows and nobody has time to be trying to figure out this perfect 50-50 balance. What I said was integration. Yeah. Alignment. Harmony. How do you get there? So, so let's touch on that a little bit because the goal for me used to be work-life balance. I'm looking for work-life balance. And I sought after it before one, I had a clue of, of what that even meant. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't fully in the seat yet. And when I say fully in the seat, I didn't have all of the balls to juggle that I now have mm-hmm. um, in terms of really having a full-time work that I had to focus on, really having a life and a family and trying to figure out how to balance it. And like you said, what I'm learning along my path in in my day-to-day journey, it really does not exist, especially (laughs) in the COVID climate. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, Mm -hmm. it does not exist. And for the last, I would say six to seven months, I found myself seeking something Every day, okay, I'm trying to, today I'm giving my focus to work and tomorrow I'm giving my focus to family. And it literally doesn't make sense because one, if my child needs me in this moment, no matter what I have going on with work, I have to show up for what's in front of me first and foremost, right? Um, And with that, I realized that I was causing myself a lot of stress and strain unnecessarily because I was trying to give a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. And what I'm learning, I would say over the last month and a half, if I'm being honest, is Mm -hmm. it all really intertwines, co-mingles. Every single day is different. Some days I am really heavily involved and engulfed as an executive, as an entrepreneur, as a boss. And other days I am completely just trying to get laundry done. And I have a baby that is teething and cranky. And I also, I'm, I'm juggling a million things. And some days I don't know if I'm coming or going. And what I have learned and am learning to embrace is the ebbs and the flows of that and mm-hmm. accepting this season as it comes and this yeah. season as it shows up and understanding that the only thing that's constant is change. Oh yeah. And I have found, I literally get up every day and one, I just pray for God to give me my daily bread um, because I, I've found myself being too consumed with what happens next. And now I'm really focused on what's happening now. What is the goal for today? What is the priority for today? And with that, it has given me profound peace, CG. Like, profound peace to where I am no longer doing the most. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. doing the most and seeking an unattainable goal. Yeah. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Number one, because... I'm processing your last sentence there. I'm no longer doing the most. I think that that is really, really, really important to the context of when we think about work-life balance. Number one, some horrible person created this notion of the pursuit of work-life balance in corporate America, specifically in the 80s. And they set us all up for failure, especially women, because they basically said, look, you've got to climb the ladder while you also build a family 
in essence, working two jobs because they're making work a job and life a job. And you've got to do them equally well all the time. That is horrible. Who and why, right? It was designed in the 80s. Y'all, we are 20 years past that. Let's evolve. Let's grow. Let's realize the error of our ways and move on. Work is a part of your life, number one. So really, the only balance you need to be trying to achieve is your life balance. Mm -hmm. And that might look different, like you said, every day. One thing that I like to walk people through when I do speaking engagements is the four burner effect. And when I refer to burners, I mean like your stove burners, right? And I recognize that modern day folks have way more than four, but stay with me here. If you have four burners on your stove and you say, there are four areas of my life in this particular season, because that's the other key, your burners should not look the same all the time. We all have different seasons of life. We have changes. We have, we buy homes, we get married, we have children, we get divorces. We like changes, right? But if you were to say, in this particular season of my life, I have four burners. And James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, really kind of hones in on some of these things. So I encourage everyone also to go grab that book. But let's say your four burners are health and wellness, family, friends, work, right? If you turn those four burners all the way up to high, what's going to happen in the kitchen? It's going to burn up. It's going to be on fire. It's going to be so hot, right? And that's what we do. We try to turn every area of our life up to high at the exact same time. And we literally burn up. I mean, that's what burnout is. You cannot live in that level of heat. Now, what happens if one burner's on high, one is on simmer, one's on medium high, and one is just on a low medium? Everything is getting its level of care and intention at the temperature that it deserves in that moment. And maybe you're high, you're hyper-focused on, right? So let's say you're working on a big project at work and right now work has to be high. But my goodness, when that project is over, turn that dial down, go back to medium. Or even, I mean, could we even consider putting work on simmer sometimes? I mean, I have. Absolutely. It's okay. But we first have to give ourselves permission to not be in that hot ass kitchen. Who wants to be in there? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what it's all about, right? Like when you look and you say, I just want to have balance. I'm not saying everything's got to be off your to-do list and you got to start throwing out all these no's and do a complete overhaul. I'm saying just put everything in perspective, Just be honest with yourself about where things should live and how they should live. And how much energy you should be putting into those things in that moment. Absolutely. Like you have a little one, so he has more needs right now than he'll have four years from now. So Mm -hmm. give him the needs. Yeah. Be there for him now so that four to five years from now, when he start, you know, coming into his own as a little child and going to school, you can shift and turn the dial up a little bit in other areas of your life. Yeah, absolutely. We have to believe that that time will come, right? Like when we're in spring, we're not nervous that summer's never going to come. 
we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. So let the, let your life seasons naturally happen in the way that they're supposed to happen. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I've started to approach life and embrace life in season. Mm-hmm. And with that, it provides so much clarity because you you know, like you said, you know that summer is coming. You know that fall is coming. Um, mm-hmm. And you can allow yourself to live in the moment that's in front of you, um, be it high, be it low, whatever's happening. Like for me, a few weeks ago, um, was very intense in work where the work burner was all the way up. And I had to zone in on certain things. I had to meet certain deadlines. And I knew, okay, once these deadlines are met, I'm turning this burner down a little bit because I need to be more present in my role as a mother. I need to be more present in my role as a wife. We need to set some time to go do something on the weekend or, you know, do a a, a DIY project in the house um, because I knew that I had been given so much energy to meet the deadlines at work. So I think it's important, one, that we embrace the season that we're in. We allow ourselves to learn whatever lesson we need to learn about ourselves and about the experiences in the season um, and know that this too shall pass. Absolutely. Oh, my God. There's so many things that we can pull apart from that. I hope you guys took some amazing notes um, because you just... (laughs) dropped a whole lot of gems. Um, what I want to talk more with you about, and you touched on it a little bit, but you are one of my friends that does an amazing job with maintaining boundaries. How do you, in terms of whatever season that you're in? Yeah, I think for me, it really starts with, I have to have a conversation with self um, because boundaries look different, you know, and, and I am currently and personally in a season where my boundaries just have had a complete overhaul and they look totally different than I ever would have imagined. Um, And the only way that I knew what my new non-negotiables were was to sit down and really, really think long and hard. The things that you're doing, do they make you feel great about yourself or are you just doing them for the sake of doing something? Mm-hmm. And that's how you know, you know what, I, I don't need to be doing this or I need to shift some things around. I'll even give you a real life example because my jam is to do practical, right? This is not pie in the sky work around here. Right. So I do not like a lot of screen time. I have had a lot of pride in myself in the way that I've navigated screen time all my life. I do not bring my work computer home. I very rarely would have phone conversations or a lot of text messaging conversations once I was at home. I just have always treasured home as my sanctuary. Well, now I do everything at home. And it is very difficult, not necessarily to log out. I don't, I, I, that's not my struggle. Um, I still very much so log out, but I have increased screen time because as I mentioned before, I'm really active in the community and all of our meetings are in the evenings. So it's not necessarily my professional career, but it's still my volunteer work. So my mind is still racing at 100 miles per hour, whereas I used to attend a meeting, get in my car, decompress, drive home, and then I was done. Right. And so I've really struggled with kind of coming down from those meetings at night. So then I'm not sleeping well, and then it's impacting my morning routine. So a new boundary for me that I have never really had to enforce before is with text messaging. I have all but given up on text messaging Monday through Friday. I've found that it's 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt so well, and you know what's funny, y'all? This is the first time Brittany's hearing it, and we text, so she's probably like, "Got it." That's why you don't reply to my text message, right? I'm like, so, <laughs> but I've had to eliminate that one screen, so I basically remove my cell phone screen as a screen that I have to look at throughout the week, just to kind of help my mind settle and decompress. Because for me, a text message conversation is ongoing. A post on social media is post and run. I'm done. I may not pop back in. I may not answer any comments, etc. But when I engage in a text conversation, we're talking back and forth. So that means I'm looking at the screen for an extended period of time. So I've decided that, you know, I'll kind of scan it a little bit and nothing really seems too pressing or if it's just a a fairly generic check-in, I want to make sure that when I reply, I'm replying with intention and care and not just giving that person a, yeah, I'm fine, whatever, thanks for asking. If that person reaches out to me and says, hey, I was just checking in on you, want to see how you're doing, I actually want to be able to reply and tell them how I'm doing, number one, because I'm grateful that they reached out. And then I want to ask them how they're doing. And that takes time. So I don't want to rush through that relationship. Wow. I think that that is, um, it's definitely something that I have noticed in your response time now that you have pointed it out. Um, But I think that that takes a certain level of maturity, confidence, self-awareness, so many things to where you are, One, you're taking into consideration the other person on the receiving side, but you're also just very mindful of your needs and kind of like what what your triggers are, what those are that will send you over the edge or Mm -hmm. will in this season are too much for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that with with what you're saying about how that's one of the boundaries, does that make you feel like you are more calm or what does that do for you? Yeah, it, it definitely, and, and I'll, I'll say this for context too, a lot of the text messages that come in throughout the day, Monday through Friday, I was waiting until like after dinner time to respond to. So I was starting a conversation with multiple people at like eight or nine o'clock at night. And that's why my mind would start racing because if they dropped some news or they gave me something to think about, I would just go down this long rabbit hole of, oh, well, let me think about this. Well, oh, she suggested that I look into this. Let me Google it right now. Like I was just, it was really impacting my ability to decompress at the end of the day. So I think that that matters a lot um, when I when I kind of explain why I made this pretty heavy decision because it was impacting my nighttime routine, which then directly impacts my morning routine. My morning routine sets me up for my day. So it was a spiral effect. I knew like something's got to change. And that was a very clear indicator as to what was interrupting and distracting me in multiple ways. So that's how it became like a, whoa, you've got to pause on this and really be consistent and move this to the weekends. And now oftentimes 
I reply to those text messages on Saturdays, mid-morning or Sundays, because on Sundays, I also insert another boundary. I don't get on my computer on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So, and that's something that I had always done. Sunday is my Sabbath as a believer. And so I don't do work. Right. And my computer for me equals work. Now I may tidy up around the house or do some things, but I will say now that I'm using my computer for church, it has been very difficult to not get distracted. So the minute that church is over, close down the computer and I'm like, you know what? Shift what would have been screen time potentially with your distractions on your computer and just catch up with your friends on your cell phone. Right. And reply to those text messages. And I I mean, I'm talking about, I go in through like in bulk, like there are times are 50 or so unread messages. And, and I just let in. them pile up throughout the week. Yeah. Got it. I found that in this season, um, I have become a big time piler upper. I don't know if that those are words, but um, <laughs> I pile up mail. Um, I pile up packages. I used to meal prep before we were in this quarantine season um, because I oftentimes, like I mentioned, wasn't at home in the evenings because of community work. And so I used to carve out chunks of time to do the things. And now that I don't meal prep anymore, I think I have resolved in my head that those chunks of time really make a difference in the way that you do things if you do everything that's on your mind in one fell swoop. So I literally stack packages and in one fell swoop, sit and open them all. I pray that there's nothing perishable, refrigerated, et cetera, because it's not getting opened right away. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. And I think that, well, and not only that, I think, I think the part that I will say is very subjective is in our minds, we have resolved that you're saving time when you do that because then you're not opening each one every single time they come in and you're just doing it in one fell swoop. But the thing that I know to be true that's factual is that our brain, and this is why multitasking is not a good idea, our brain takes 45 minutes in between each thought pattern to shift. So if you're doing something like opening packages, it's actually going to take your brain 45 minutes before it releases all the thoughts that you had about opening those packages. Oh, wow. So can you imagine every single time you opened a package, you needed 45 minutes and then you opened another package, you needed 45 more minutes. So I'm like, no, just open all the packages (laughs) and you have 45 minutes to let that go because probably what's happening after you open the packages, oh, well, who is it from? Well, let me call them or thank them, Let you know, or let me send my text messages and say, thank you. Oh, well, what's inside of it? Does it need to be put away? Does it need to go somewhere? What do I do with the box? Do I need to break it down? Does it need to go in the trash? These are all thoughts. Yeah, yeah, and all and of that is energy. Time. Yeah, it takes yeah. time to move on to the next thought pattern. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've never thought about the lingering effect of, you know, once you're 
taking certain actions, the effect of those actions Mm -hmm. and the thoughts behind those actions. And it makes sense that it would take, you know, 45 minutes for your brain to shift. Um, Because when you're in it, especially if you are a high thinker um, and someone who is always in thought, like, you know, you and I are very people that are are, are very like in thought all the time um, and just processing things. Um, Mm -hmm. I can see how it takes time for, for our brains. And we have to know that about ourselves to be able to pull back and create systems. Systems are important. Oh gosh. Systems are livelihood. That's, that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Um, but, but you touched on it a little bit and I want to go back. Um, I want to go back to the importance of morning routines, the importance of night routines. And you touched a little bit on it, but you're someone that I have seen really be disciplined in having a routine. So if you can share more with us about your process around it. Yeah. Um, One thing I will say, there's no morning routine without a nighttime routine. So let's start there. Because if I don't do what I need to do the night before, you're not getting any of the things that need to happen that next morning. But I am a seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Um, I am grateful for the blessing to be able to do that in this season of my life. And so I'm expressing gratitude to the world by going to bed. And that means for me, because I'm also a morning person and an early riser, you will find me in bed about 9.30, 9.45 at the latest. Like I mentioned before, with all those text messages and me trying to figure out that, because that took some time for me to really figure out what was the issue. I was going to bed at like 11 midnight and that was not good. It was not good for anybody in my house and it was not good for any of the people I interact with on a daily basis because I was tired every day. So I am back to my 9.30, 9.45s. Um, I'm also, like I said, because I know the thought patterns stick with you. And like you said, the energy stays inside your body. I start my routine at about nine. So I'm kind of easing off the phone. Um, I'm making hot tea. I'm a huge hot tea drinker. Um, and so I love a glass of hot tea at night. I, when I travel, I take tea with me and little travel honey um and I love to also kind of like in my own way do some level of affirmations and it looks different every night um sometimes it can literally just be having a conversation with my plants um as I kind of close things down so turning off the humidifier around the monstera plant and kind of talking to it before I go to bed. Or it could be anything from as I'm washing my face and doing kind of a skincare regimen, I'm, I'm talking to myself about the day. So like, let's say I had a tough day. I'm like, you know, I like to maybe say a Bible verse or just encourage myself and kind of walk myself through it. There may even be some essential oils involved. Um, my whole family uses essential oils. So my bonus son, before he goes bed he gets a little bit of lavender and because of that it's already on my hands so I just go ahead and inhale it um, as well and maybe say a bible verse or an affirmation so there's a lot of moving pieces that have to happen so that's why it has to happen before I ultimately need to go to bed and then you know my morning routine like I said early riser and 
I have always been a coffee drinker, so that usually comes first, but I have mixed in, you know, just depending on how my body's feeling, some water before I drink coffee or some warm water with lemon. Um, All of that is because I'm aware of my body and the minute I wake up, I know if something is off. And so I know exactly what I need to put in to get back to where I need to go. Um, I'm a meditator and I love meditation apps. Um, Calm is one of my favorites. Right now I've been using a lot of Headspace and I kind of alternate between the two depending on how I feel. They're usually about seven to 10 minutes long and I start there just to kind of center myself and just get in the present moment. And then I do a fast follow with devotion. Um, I love the Bible app, but again, because I'm always aware of how I feel, if I feel like logging into an app will be a distraction, I use a physical devotion book to read so that I'm not teeter to my phone. And then, I mean, my house gets moving pretty quickly. So we, I have a six-year-old that lives here. That's my bonus son. And so he's going to school. So there's car line in the mornings. We try to talk to the plants. We meditate in, in the car on the way to school for him. Um, so he can focus and have some level of appreciation and gratitude before he starts his day at school. On the days that I'm not taking him to school, I do a workout for the most part, four to five days a week. I love to do it in the morning though, because it gives me the energy level that I need for the day. And I love reading what other people's morning routines are. I think that it's always good to maybe like hit the reset button and make sure that you're not just doing it to check the box and that it's true that you're truly doing it for yourself. And because I share so much of my life on social media, I'm always checking myself in that space and making sure, are you reading your devotion because you want to get a good picture to share it on Insta story? Or are you reading your devotion because you need it? And I gut check myself a lot um, so that my routines don't just become check the box moments and my routines more so are structured in a way that helps me thrive um, and not just tell the story for social media. Oh man, thank you so much for being so descriptive with sharing your night routine, your morning routine and the importance of like how they integrate with one another and how both are necessary to set yourself up for success and to thrive throughout your day. Um, I think that is a really important part for us to take away because whether you have a routine or not, a morning routine or a nightly routine, I think you share great insight on the importance of having both. And for me, I, I can say that I am more consistent with my morning routine than I am with my nightly routine. Um, Mm -hmm. in terms, because sometimes, you know, by the time we put the baby down, I just want to go to sleep Mm -hmm. and (laughs) the wind down process isn't as consistent as I would like it to be. And it's an area that I want to put more effort and be more, more committed and disciplined to, but I know the difference in me having a morning routine because I feel the difference when I'm in alignment and when I'm not in alignment with like how I start the day. And for me, I like to start my day with devotion, really getting into a headspace of, okay, here's the the intention and the energy that I want to set for the day. Um, like you, I'm really big in using my essential oils. And we kind of started getting into oils around the same time. And we'll touch a little bit about that. Um, but I like to start with my oils, drinking a cup of coffee or tea. Um, mm-hmm. And I also like to start the day with either walking our dog or exercising, like getting out and feeling 
feeling, you know, nature and just getting a breeze of like the air really helps me to kind of get into a headspace. Um, and so for yep. whatever it is for, for you guys, I think it's really important to identify what are the things that help you thrive throughout the day? What are the things that help you get into whatever your rhythm needs to look like or prepare you for the day that's ahead? And it's really, really important. And like you mentioned, every day can be a little bit different based off of how you're feeling, the needs of your body, um, the needs of your mind, the needs of your spirit. Like for this, for instance, this morning, I woke up a little bit early because our son got up and my husband was like, okay, baby, you know, I got him. You get a little bit more sleep. So in my head, I planned on getting up this morning and going for a run. But when I woke up and I was like, okay, I am I'm going to give myself an extra hour of sleep. And I listened to my body this morning because that's really what I needed because the last week or so has been so crazy and getting up in the wee hours of the night. I took that opportunity for myself to get extra rest. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's important, too, that while we have these morning routines and the discipline to also leave a little space and room for adjustment as needed as well. Oh, yeah. Like the space is so important. It's that's another one I could just talk about for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got to create that space. You got to leave room for grace. You got to leave room for life to happen. But having a discipline and a routine is really the core that helps us to thrive in our day to day. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about oils a little bit. Oh, <laughs> so a little bit of a backstory, um, everyone. CG has an amazing podcast, um, Being Balanced. And I learned I was already familiar with essential oils here and there, but it was really more so of just like, oh, I'll grab some oils from, you know, Target or Whole Foods. And I didn't really know much about the emotional support that could come with essential oils until I listened to an episode of the Being Balanced podcast. And CG had an amazing guest, Michelle Carlton, um, who, you know, is really, really great at just understanding the benefits health-wise and holistic approach of oils. And so after I listened to that podcast, I connected with Michelle, I connected with CG, and we've kind of really been on a journey of like us both learning more about the healing properties of oils, how they can support us from emotionally, physically. So I would love for you to kind of share more about your lessons in oils and how it's helped you thus far um, in your wellness journey, in your spiritual journey, anything that you would like to share. Absolutely. I mean, I, um, similar to you, I was, uh, I was familiar with oils. Um, I, this is actually my second go around. I, before using the current brand that I'm using, I was using a different brand and I would say the biggest difference, um, has been Michelle, um, and the information that she shares, um, the way that she breaks down, you know, oils and emotions and how everything is interconnected and the different parts of your body that are impacted by where you place your oils and just so many things. And like you, I've just been really intrigued by it. Um, and, you know, I think for me, the first go around with oils, I was just kind of diffusing whatever smelled good and was like, mm -hmm. this is 
fragrant, you know, like it's good. <laughs> it makes my house smell good. It makes me feel clean and things like that. I had no idea that the things that I was diffusing or, or putting on my body topically were, would actually help me, would actually help me be a better person. And so I gave it another go um, with COVID happening. Um, I, I realized that all the tools that I had in my toolbox were great, but I was missing one and that was essential oils. And I really needed it for this particular season in my life. And I'm so glad that I did. And I, I do a mix of diffusing, topical, and I, here and there, I'll put a little bit of the Vitality oils in my tea. I have not branched out into cooking with them yet, but um, I do love them in my tea for their additional like properties and the ability to supplement what I'm already drinking. You know, I can tell an immediate difference, especially with diffusing, whether I'm working and my productivity levels might feel low and I'll, you know, diffuse some heavy hitters like velour or frankincense or cedarwood or even citrus fresh or lemon, um, all of which, you know, with the right combination can help with alertness and clarity and mental health and productivity. And those are things that at varying levels I need all the time. Mm -hmm. And so um, to just always have those diffusing um, has been really beneficial for me. Um, also, I noticed very early on um, in our home with COVID, I was using a lot of commercial cleaners and both my husband and I were having pretty tough headaches um, and we didn't know where it was coming from, but we kind of just started putting two and two together and thinking, you know what, we're cleaning a lot. Uh, we're disinfecting a lot. We're using a lot of like commercial grade cleaners. It's probably giving us a headache. And so before I started to peel back on the cleaning products, I actually started first with oils to help us with our headaches. And so we were putting things on our forehead to make us feel a little bit better. We were both working out a lot. And so we thought maybe we're putting a little bit of strain on our body. So we were using peppermint on the backs of our thighs um, after a run. I mean, different things for different reasons and everything has been beneficial. I have enjoyed learning more. I also love that I'm learning at my own pace. I don't feel pressure to know it all right now, which I feel like whenever you start something new, that's, you know, society's expectation is that you'll figure it all out. I have no desire to figure it out. I just want to kind of learn as I go. It's been a great journey. Um, and, you know, like you said, Michelle is so insightful and so knowledgeable. I am such a huge fan. We recently did a lunch and learn about e emotions and essential oils for the Balance Not Busy community. And we just really broke it down. There were tears, um, there were hard truths, there were vulnerabilities. And I'm sure that those people, when they signed up to come learn about some oils, had no idea that it was going to be such an emotional conversation. Um, but you can't talk about the impact of the oils on your life without having that, you know, real authentic moment where you're like it changed my life literally so yeah. I enjoy it I mean there's I think I have thieves diffusing right now because on Fridays I kind of like to clean and purify our house um and so this conversation is happening on a Friday so that's what I'm doing um and I just 
I just love them. I really do. I, I, I believe in them and I'm a brand loyalist. And so when I find something, I stick with it. I, I, I see no need to look into other things. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way. And for me, um, I found essential oils, what well, therapeutic grade essential oils, I think is important for us to clarify mm-hmm. um, because not all essential oils are created the same. Um, and that's something that we're learning in our journey and our, our education of it. Um, because before March or April, I didn't know that. I kind of assumed like, you know, oils are oils. Um, mm-hmm. And as I've become a student and really deepening in my knowledge, I'm learning that's not the case. And for me, I was really drawn to it from just experiencing my postpartum um, emotions and realizing that I was more in tune with my emotions after I was pregnant and became a mom than I probably have ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. And the hormones and literally being able to tap into yourself and feeling all the feels is so real. And it was mm-hmm. very, very new to me. And so when I listened to her on your podcast, it really met me in a season where I was processing so many emotions and then I'm hearing about essential oils and how they help with it. And really it set me on a rabbit hole of like, give me more. I want to learn more about this stuff. And mm-hmm. Michelle has been teacher with, you know, helping me to one, be more in tune with expressing those vulnerabilities and expressing this is how I'm feeling um, and, and learning the areas of my body that tune mm-hmm. into those places. And for those who are listening, um, basically all of the different oils can kind of correspond with different organs of our body or different places to kind of support that emotion and to, to, to heal or get to the other side of it. Right. And right. so there are certain like pain points or, or pressure points from like your feet to your neck to different areas of your body that really go through the limbic system, which is the place of emotions where we hold our emotions in our body. It can help to release. So it's really, really deep in terms of just like the anatomy of it, which I didn't, I didn't know, but I'm really, really intrigued because one, I feel the difference right now I have with me lavender and stress away uh two of my favorites that lavender is absolutely a a go-to um stress away it's just I love the smell of it I love how it immediately makes me feel like I can just like let my shoulders down a little bit but it, it it has really helped me on how to one be vulnerable Um, and express how I'm feeling and really dig deep to the core issue of that feeling um, and not be surface of like, oh, I'm feeling sad. It's like, well, why are you feeling sad? What is it that's happening or what are you processing that got you to this place? And then learning how to get to the other side. And so for me, like you mentioned, the, the oils are one of the tools in the toolbox that has really proven to be beneficial with the processing and the unpacking. Absolutely. I mean, when you put it out there like that, even for me, like I'm a person that already uses them and I'm thinking, you know what? She's right. Like, like, like this is all of it and the interconnectivity of it all is what's really, I'm sold. It's, it, it yeah. did it for me. Yeah. Crew, we'll, we'll have a deeper conversation. Um, Michelle is actually going to be a guest on one of the episodes, and so we're going to talk more about it as well. But, you know, CG and I highly recommend 
as part of your wellness practice. If you haven't tried essential oils, definitely look into them and learn more about it. And we'll be sharing more here as well. So last thing, I know that we're kind of running on time a little bit, um, but recently you in the Balance Not Busy community, you guys hosted the Holy Hustle Challenge, which is a part of your Books for Balance Club. I really, really enjoy being a part of it. And so I wanted to hear more from you on why you chose to do the challenge, the devotion, um, and kind of like your insight and takeaways from it. Yeah, so I read the Holy Hustle devotion um, in the Bible app about three years ago. A former colleague, from Red Bull when I worked there, um, suggested it to me and I was sold. I was sold only because he suggested it. When I saw Holy Hustle, I was not sold (laughs) because I have worked really hard to remove the toxic hustle mentality from my life um, and to encourage others to do it. So when I started reading it and realized that it was about grinding for God, it changed my whole perspective on the word hustle and what that can actually mean um, in your life. So I read it, I loved it, I bought the book shortly thereafter. Um, The book is by the same title and the author's Crystal Stein and it became kind of like my Bible. I have several books that I read religiously over and over again that kind of help me stay grounded in my own balanced, not busy movement. Um, And it is one of them. And so things have been going on, you know, when the world turned upside down in March and I had been using the Bible app on and off. And how do I say this? Um, I heard from God, to be honest, which was a first for me in the context of you have to use the platform that you have to cultivate a community of people to reread this devotion with you. That had never happened at Balance Not Busy. Um, You know, I make no secrets about being a believer and I share my faith intertwined in the work that I do all the time, but I had never gathered a group to read a devotion. We had read self-help, we had read fiction, we had read nonfiction, but never a devotion. And I think that that's, a very big responsibility, honestly. Um, and so I did it. I, you know, I sent the information out to people. Um, I encouraged people to even buy the book, you know, read the devotion, read the book, read both. Um, and I knew that in this season, not only did I need to reread it to get back to my foundation of moving at a hundred miles per hour and who you're doing it for and why you're doing it. But I also wanted other folks and I felt compelled that other people needed to read it as well. And the workloads are heavy for a lot of people. And that is a reality because of the world turning upside down. My workload has increased um, both in my professional career, but also in the work that I do at Balance Not Busy in my volunteer work. I mean, more people in my community have greater needs, especially as it relates around internet. And so we are working really hard in that space. I'm also working really hard on a police reform task force. So my workload has just increased and that's my reality. And what I knew by rereading that devotion was as long as the workload is furthering the kingdom in the right way, it's okay to have an increased workload. 
And I needed that reminder so that I didn't begrudgingly do the work. I needed to be empowered by the fact that this is kingdom building work. This hustle is to glorify God. This grind is to further what he has designed for people to do in this moment and in this season. And that was really important for me. And I felt moved by the spirit that it was also important for others. So that was my why. Um, and so we did it. It was 10 days. I, I, I very cold call, reached out to Crystal Stein, the author, and invited her to uh, join us in a Zoom conversation. There was a bit of a scheduling conflict and she was unable to join us live, but she so graciously recorded a video for our group um, that I was able to email out to everybody. And so everybody was kind of able to still have that level of connectivity with her um as well so it was just beautiful it was a blessing i don't know if it will ever happen again um <laughs> I'll, I'll wait i'll wait for that spirit and that moment again you know again no matter what it is that i'm doing i'm never doing it just to be doing something right there's always right. purpose there's always care there's always intention um, and I, I pride myself in that. Like, I feel like I'd be a hypocrite if I was just churning out a bunch of stuff for the sake of balance, not busy. And it had no purpose. Yeah, I loved it. I was surprised a little bit um, because, like you mentioned, it was something that was very different to the previous um, books that the book club had read. But also mm -hmm. me knowing you, I knew that it was connected and it was in alignment with who you are. Um, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it because in all honesty, reading that devotional and really understanding the biblical perspective of approaching our work and how we approach our work, um, it moved me really forward in making the firm decision of, okay, I have to move forward in this podcast. I know mm -hmm. that I, it's been, I've been sitting on it for quite some time, but I know that I feel called to really speak to this community and to really establish this community because I've had so many one-off conversations with women from different walks of life um, who work in, in the creative industries and all of us are in different places of our lives where we're looking for the tools. We're looking for community where we can understand practices. We can establish our own. We can understand the, how we should approach our work. And that book and that devotional was really insightful to me of standing up and owning the place that you've been called to be and standing in alignment in it. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you. Thank you so much for answering the call um, because I had never heard of it before. And so it was a really, really insightful devotional and book that I'm sure I will continue to reference over and over again, because even outside of the work that we do professionally and in our communities, one thing that I really loved was her approach of our family is the first work of our foundation. Yeah. And I can't remember which parts of the book it, it was specifically, but I personally can say that in the mundane routine day to day of, oh, washing clothes, washing the dishes, I didn't really associate those things with work. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't know what I associated it with. It was just like, oh, this is just what I'm doing. I only associated work with work. And the book helped me to 
shift my perspective of like, no, your first calling is your home. That is the first work. Um, and so I, I was really, really thankful and grateful for a lot of the, the gems that were shared there. So thank you for hosting it. It was awesome. My pleasure. And I mean, I, I'm sure that I'll be moved again to do something. I mean, even even with all the other books that have been selected for Books for Balance, a lot of times I may read a page or two or a chapter and just feel like, whoa, I need my people with me on this one. Like, this is a journey. This is community. Um, I'm going to post it and encourage others to read it. We might connect for an in-person or a virtual book club, or we might not. I just, I've always been a believer that when the things that move you or you feel a stir in your soul, get it out. Like, don't hold that stuff in just for you. Like, we're meant to grow and thrive in community with others. So tell somebody. Absolutely. Share the knowledge, share the wealth, share all the details because we in this thing together. Yes. <laughs> we are in it together. Well, I mean, women me, like me, right? Like <laughs> Women like me. Like, we all need to be around women like us and who we are and who we're trying to become. Like, that is the whole point of life is to evolve and do better and be around other people who are like-minded. I mm-hmm. And that is my practice. That is absolutely mm-hmm. my life practice, to, to build that community. Um, so, CG, this is the fun part. This is something that I like to do with our guests. Um, before we wrap up the conversation, uh, one of the things that's really big for me is just sharing the knowledge, educating others, which we have done in this conversation. But I like to leave our audience with our guests telling them something that they're either reading, watching, or listening to. Um, that could be useful or helpful to to others. So feel free to share anything that that you have that you're reading, watching, or listening to. Who um, I am reading the Vanishing Half. Um, heard great things. Decided to pick it up. So um, everybody else read it too. I'm also reading Rise of the Truth Teller. Um, I tend to read a self help and a Uh, fiction or nonfiction simultaneously. So Rise of the Truth Teller by Ashley Abercrombie um, and Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And I'm listening to a whole host of podcasts right now. Uh, When I clean, when I go on my neighborhood walks, when I just do all the things. So um, one of my favorites is the Balanced Black Girl podcast. Um, If you have not heard all of the amazingness that Les Alfred shares with the world, you absolutely should. So tune in. She was also a guest on the Being Balanced podcast, which is my podcast. So um, she's just a gem and her guests are just phenomenal. And I'm watching a whole bunch of stuff, but Lovecraft Country is the only show that will keep me up past my bedtime right now. Um, (laughs) I am obsessed. Um, I already love history. So the historical references and the subliminal messages are just amazing. So if you are not watching it or uh, you have not even heard about it, please run on over to HBO. Not an ad, but y'all, please watch it ASAP. (laughs) Yeah, Lovecraft is absolutely one of my favorite shows. It is phenomenal. Like it's probably, I would say, definitely one of the best shows that's been on TV in a long time, in my opinion. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure it's making me a better human. So just to tie that back in to your original question. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> awesome. Well, CG, it has been amazing to chat with you. Um, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge um, and all of your stories with, with us and the Women Like Me community. And before we wrap up, if you can just tell everyone where they can find you on socials, your website, share them more details on how they can find you. Absolutely. So thank you um, for having me as a guest on the show. I always love these types of conversations and it's even better with friends. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Loved it. Um, Where you can find me. So if you want a lot of the behind the scenes and my own personal journey of living balanced, not busy, you want to find me on Instagram. It's probably my most active platform and it's balanced with a D not busy. I also have a Facebook page. You'll see a lot of the same similar content, but just want to make sure I'm hitting people where they are. And I'm also on Twitter and both the Facebook and the Twitter page are the same as the Instagram with balanced, not busy. I also have a website, same name, balancednotbusy.com. That's where you'll find um, podcast episodes and blog posts. I warn you, there are not a lot of blog posts, but when I feel it in my spirit, I write. And you'll also find like any events or things that I have going on. There's Balanced Out Busy merchandise there as well. So if you want to walk around telling everybody that you're balanced, you can buy that. Um, and last but certainly not least, probably one of the, my most favorite things that I work on, the podcast. So the Being Balanced podcast is available on eight different platforms, including Apple, uh, Spotify, and Google Play, and so many others. So you can tune in there to find conversations with folks, um, including Brittany, um, because she was a past guest, um, that are sharing just how they're being balanced. So we do a little bit of feeling check-in and aha moments and practical solutions. Um, and we wrap all that up in a podcast. So would love for all of you to come on over and check out any of those platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, CG. And that's it, folks. Thank you for listening to the Women Like Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's conversation, we'd love for you to subscribe and share the show with a friend. You can also check us out on Instagram at Women Like Me. See you next time.